You may have heard of us, but you might not know Bank First is a community bank that has no fee ATM access, interest and perks earning checking accounts. With online and mobile banking, mortgages for every stage of life, and modern business banking for businesses, small and big. We keep it all together to put you first. Do you bank with us? You should. Bank First is an equal housing lender and a member FDIC. Well, welcome to Sunday Coffee on a Monday. We didn't get together on Christmas Day. We wanted everybody to have a chance to spend time with their families. Charlie with yours, me with mine. How was your Christmas? Well, I've had enough of my family. Have you? I have too. No, of course. (laughs) Some of them may listen. It was great. It was enjoyable. Love to do it all over again. Yeah. I got in from Birmingham last night about 1030. Had a good chance, had a good Christmas. To me, it's all about spending time with family, kind of getting away and getting everything recharged and ready for the new year. But we got to close out this year first before we get to the new year. You know what I got for Christmas, by the way? What would you get? I had three straight nights of going to bed before 830. That was your present? That I gave it to myself. P&Q, man. And I was so fired up. Peace and quiet. Sometimes it's overrated or underrated. It's very underrated. Underrated, indeed. Yeah. Well, um, we had a good time, had everybody together for Christmas. And that's what Jen and I were talking about. The older we get, the more we realize with the presence of just how much older we're getting. I got one of those, like, shock absorber massage guns, you know, that you oh, see yeah. that you see teams out there with before games. I got one of those. I was ready for our running. You know, that's what I'm worried about is my shin splints. Okay. And so I was thinking about hey, that. I could tell you this. Don't. Ever, whatever you do, put one of those things against a bone. Oh no, no, no! Go only against the, only against muscle, man. Yeah, it sounds like it's going against a two by four. Yeah. So, well, a lot's happened since the last time we talked. Of course, the last time we talked was last Sunday, and then we had the memorial services past week for Mike Leach. That was on Tuesday. Uh, Charlie, you and I both had a chance to be there. It was a, a very moving, event. The thing. Uh, too is when I saw the list of speakers and you see a number of speakers at, at a, an event, you kind of wonder what it's going to be like and what what road it's going to take. Sometimes people overthink events of this nature. I thought it was almost perfect. I thought the the number of speakers, the length that they spoke, and who all was there, everything kind of worked hand in hand together. I thought it was a really well planned out event with the memorial service on Tuesday. I thought it was very well done, and I thought the SEC Network did a great job presenting it as well. I thought Alyssa Lang was a great person to have doing that. It was timed out well. I I liked everything about it. And, man, you look around, it says sometimes what's the saying? You don't know what you've got until it's gone. And, man, you look around that room and you see the respect for Mike Leach. You see the college football royalty that was there. Um, Even some guys that – people haven't talked about you got to visit with Barry Switzer yeah it's uh they they had an area for those guys they all came in and flew in and then met in one spot and and then went over to the hump and you saw a lot of coaches from around the country and and Charlie you and I have both been around coaches and people in athletics it's very similar to the movie 
remember the Titans. You know, when they all get together at the very end and it's for the funeral of Gary Bertier or whatever, and everybody's hugging and laughing and joking and telling jokes and saying things. And it was a very, uh, it was a very moving event there before the uh, the memorial service. And you see a lot of different coaches from around the country. And yeah, I got cornered in the back corner by Barry Switzer and Jackie Sherrill. And you know, you and I have both been around this for long enough now. You know, I don't get my kicks from hanging out with coaches. And because we've been around a lot of great folks, and you understand that a lot of those guys are just like us. But uh, I had a little geek situation going on with, with Barry Switzer and Jackie Shero. They were talking about Texas A&M and Oklahoma days, and I reminded Barry Switzer he was about an hour north of Philadelphia. And, of course, he knew where Philadelphia was with Marcus Dupree. Well, I bet he did. But, uh, yeah, you see guys like Dana Holgerson and, you know, Seth Luttrell, you know, Cliff Kingsbury. I thought the speakers, as he said, did a really good job. I thought Lincoln Riley did an excellent job. How cool was it, by the way, to see Holgerson wearing the state sweatshirt in the bowl game? You know, uh, I've, I was watching that, and I'm not saying I have a hard heart, but let me tell you something. That that was the one that struck me a little bit, is, is seeing his co- him and the, what two of his coaches wearing the state you know, sweatshirts, that was the one. And everybody wears the decals and very much appreciative of all the support that everyone has shown Mississippi State and, of course, the Leeds family. But, yeah, looking out there the other night in the Houston game and seeing Dana Holgerson, and you start realizing, and we talked about this a little bit last week, about the tree of Mike Leach. And so many of these coaches have great coaching trees, guys that have coached for them, with them. And you look at what what he's put together with the players and the that he coached. I saw Graham Harrell the other day. Of course, he's going to be the offensive coordinator at what Purdue. And so many of these guys beforehand, so many successful people in the game of football. He changed football. I mean, he really changed it, the way that the uh, offenses go about their stuff around the country. And so it's pretty cool to see, you know, what's, what's going on in the NFL right now and how everything's kind of matriculated that way. But, man, I tell you what, it was it was a pretty cool deal. Well, well done, and like you said, Charlie, you don't want to say the term "don't know what you got" till it's gone because I think we realized how special of a guy we had. But uh, it has been the, the outpouring from the college football world has been pretty cool to see. Yeah, I suppose I understood what we had. Maybe a better way to say this: I didn't understand the degree to which other people respected what we had. You yeah, know, I knew we had something that we were proud of. I didn't realize how many other people had that amount of respect for Mike Leach. And and not just in a, hey, I like Mike Leach, but in a very heartfelt way. You know, you and I talked about this um, when we got together and just sharing some stories about Le- Mike Leach and about how genuine he was, about how real he was, authentic. Those are the words that, that we, we really harped on. But I think that's one of the things that drew so many people to him and back in the coaching profession. Because in the coaching profession, as you know, there are a lot of egos involved. No, uh-huh. come on, don't. There are a few. No, let's not get carried away. No, well, but I think that's one of the things that drew so many people to him because he was his own guy. You know, you didn't you didn't worry. There was no alter, ulterior motive that he was trying to work against a faction. Hey, this is what I do. This is what I do well, and this is what I'm going to do. And I think I think a lot of that was appreciated by the people that were around him a lot. No, I think that's absolutely true. And All right, so, Bart, you talk about the memorial service going well. I thought another thing that Mississippi State did well was making the transition to Zach Arnett 
at a time when there really isn't a good time to do it. There isn't a good way to do it. But I thought Mississippi State made the decision they needed to make. I thought they made the right decision. I'm a big believer in Zach Arnett. But I also like the way, and I know there was a few people, well, when's he going to speak to us? When's he going to speak to us? I thought they did a good job going ahead and making the change so that the locker room knew the situation. And I hate to say this, but you know who else it helps? It, you know, the problem is there's still real life that goes on for a lot of people around these events. You've got assistant coaches. You've got support staff. And to some degree, you did a big favor for a lot of those people by making the change now and not waiting. Because, look, there are going to be some people who go find new jobs. And now you give them some certainty about where they're going. So I thought Mississippi State did a very good job handling it, but not over-promoting it either, just letting it be made, give some certainty, and then let's play this bowl game and then come back and be a little more emphatic. And I think one of the things too, Charlie, that you know I don't really get caught up in – and signing day, and of course, signing day is so much different now. You know, you used to have it in February; that was the only day of the year people could sign. Now you have two signing day periods. Then you have the transfer portal, and so if you have a really good signing class, everybody's excited. If you don't have a good signing class, then you know that you can make it up on the next signing day or through the transfer portal, things of that nature. But I thought we really did a good job on signing day—a top twenty-five class, according to uh, according to two four seven sports—and. Got a lot of guys from the state of Mississippi, and he mentioned Zach Arnett. And first of all, I think our recruiting staff did a pretty good job of holding things together, and then putting together a really good product on on Wednesday. But Zach Arnett, I think what you saw on Wednesday is going to be going forward a little bit, where you see a lot of Mississippi guys and guys from areas that touch the state of Mississippi. And that's not new. That's not something he came up with about the time he was being hired just to make people happy. Zach Arnett, I remember last summer hearing him talk, and he got deep into the numbers in terms of the percentage of guys that we signed from Mississippi, the percentage of those guys who go on to be all-conference and NFL draft picks. And he had this theory basically that it was the state of Mississippi and the counties touching it. So that brings in just a little bit of margin there. But I, I think it's no secret, Ole Miss right now, if you start to look in-state, they've kind of gone away from high schools. What's their big mantra? Come to the SIP. And by the way, I'm 51 years old or about to be, and I've never heard it referred to as the SIP until recently. I didn't know that was a thing. Maybe I missed out somewhere. I think you missed out. I mean, that's what we've used in Nanaloya for all these years. Okay. The SIP? The SIP and the Oasis because that's what southern Winston County is. Okay. But go on. So in any event, but come to the SIP, and I laughed because somebody last year responded on Twitter as a high school coach, said, you know, recruit the SIP. You know, <laughs> recruit the guys that are here. And there are two very different approaches being taken. Ole Miss is trying to take guys out of the transfer portal with a number of years to play, bring them in, try to win. Mississippi State, that's not going to be their model. Their model is going to be to kind of like the old Jackie and Joe Lee approach. Go sign somebody who's about 220. Yeah. Turn them into 280. And then um, and with the use of the Bulldog Initiative, and Charlie, I'm not saying this because we're on the air right now. I think you know what you guys have done over the last month when you start looking at what we've got coming back next year, 
you know, recruiting these guys, developing these guys, and then holding on to what you got. Retention, man. Retention is such a big key. And I think and going along with, you know, recruiting philosophies, and different people do it different ways. I think it, we say, hey, this is what it takes in Mississippi State. I think it I think it takes a different philosophy in football and basketball and baseball at Mississippi State. I, but I look at football when you start looking at the number of people, a number of players in this area that you can – can recruit, can sign, can grow. I, th- I think he can be really successful using high school kids and sporadically using the transfer portal. I, th- I think he can do that. Now, the thing you've got to do is you've got to have great relationships around the state. And you look at our staff, Tony Hughes on that defensive side. Tony knows every dirt road in the state of Mississippi. And here's the thing about it, doesn't just know it. He's respected by everybody. Every high school that Tony Hughes walks into – he is very well respected. Well, I said the other day about Tony Hughes, there's not a town in this state that he can't pull up to somebody's house and get you a home-cooked meal in a hurry. In a hurry. <laughs> I mean, he knows. He knows exactly where it is. And so now, you know, rumors are bounding that um, that Brad Peterson is coming back on staff. Uh, not sure if that's finalized yet. It would not be until after the bowl game. But, uh, you know, if Brad comes back and working in a support staff role, whether it be chief of staff or whatever he's going to do, just uh, the organization of recruiting in this area is going to be of the utmost importance. Yeah, you talk about somebody coming back. Look, there's going to be changes. And if I'm Zach Arnett, one of the first things I'm willing to do is to make changes and to do things that might have people shake their heads a little bit and say, why are you doing this? Think about this. As happy as I am that Zach is here, and happy as I am that he is our head coach, he's got a really good opportunity for him too. And, you know, my philosophy is when you get a chance like this, you got to go down your way, right? you gotta, you got to take your shot and you have to do whatever you think. And, and I hate to use this word, but almost a little bit ruthless. I mean, you got to be able to throw some elbows. you got to be able to make tough decisions. And – I know that people want continuity, and I know that was one of the ideas of bringing in Zach Arnett, but he cannot be viewed, he cannot allow himself to be viewed as a continuation of Mike Leach's team. I get it. We're going to have some of that through the bowl game. But once the fall rolls around, once spring practice rolls around, this has to be his football team. And I think with him being here, and you start thinking about the coaching hires that you've had, and I can't re- recall a time, maybe Rocky coming in, because, but, but Rocky was coming in from Alabama. That was in 1986, 85. Coach Cheryl came in. He was kind of a new guy. He was a new guy, very much a new guy. Then you had Sylvester Croom coming in, and then you had Dan coming in. Then you had Joe Moorhead coming in. Then you had Mike Leach. And, okay, what's the common denominator for all those guys is they had an acclimation period to get ready to recruit the state of Mississippi and establish relationships. That's something Zach Arnett already has, the relationships. I think the recruiting is going to change, and it's been pretty good, but I think it has a chance to be really good in the next couple of years because I think you are going to have some changes. I think you are going to have some recruiting philosophy changes, and I think they're all going to be for the better. I agree, and I think what you're going to have – Going back to that model that Mississippi State has recruiting the high schools, I don't think there will be any doubt in the minds of high school coaches six months from now which program in the state values their players the most. 
No, no, no doubt. Absolutely. Now, the question now becomes, and like everybody's asking the million-dollar question, what about offensive coordinator? Of course, you're not going to see anybody hired as an offensive coordinator, I don't think, until the month of January after the bowl game. Because right now, the, these guys are leaving going to Tampa, what, tomorrow? Tomorrow. And so they're going to Tampa tomorrow. You don't hire an offensive coordinator on a Zoom call. I mean, that's something done face-to-face. And so you get down there, you have bowl prep, I think you get through the ball game, and then I think that's when the offensive coordinator is hired. Then I think you see assistant coaches kind of fall in line behind that. Who comes with that offensive coordinator? Philosophy-wise, you know, Mike Leach was one of one. I mean, there aren't many guys out there running the Mike Leach offense the way that Mike Leach ran that offense. Yeah, and if it were me, and for many reasons, people should be thankful it's not, I'd be looking for that one and a half out of one. One and a quarter out of one. Yeah. I mean, I don't want to see Mississippi State scrap this offense and decide that we're going to a, a pro style. I mean, I think you've got to be somewhat realistic. Will Rogers is your quarterback next year, and he is designed, programmed, developed for this system. No, you've I got don't, receivers coming back. I don't think we're going to do what Arkansas did when, when Arkansas brought Brett Bielma. Oh, by the way, we'll talk about Illinois in just a minute. And then you go to Chad Morris. So all of a sudden you're going three tight ends and two running backs. Yeah. And then spreading the and so there's there's a big philosophy change. But there's some tweaks I think you can make yes. to this offense. And look, we've talked about these before, but one of the things you'd love to see, maybe use a bigger body in the middle some. You don't have to I don't I don't know what tight end means anymore because so many times they're lined up in the slot rather than tight to the line. But for me it means a big body. Can you use a big body to work the middle, give you a little bit of a safety blanket in there? To me, that would be. And maybe making the running game a little more sophisticated. You know, just from my eye, we basically got run left or run right at the moment. Do you, do you get a little more sophisticated than that? Um, so I think there are people running kind of, I hate to say more advanced, but variations. Variations of what we have been running. And I would like to see what, what that can do for us. Yep. Well, we're in the Farm Bureau studios here in downtown Startwell. Farm Bureau, go with the home team at Farm Bureau. Check them out at favorites.com. They have agents all across the state of Mississippi. And I hate to say this, um, this is probably going to be a day or two in the next couple week, next week or so where you may want to have that uh, number handy for your Farm Bureau agents. Hey, with all the freezing temperatures, today's the day, today and tomorrow, going to be the day, the telltale day about the pipes. Everything starts thawing out a little bit. We've had very cold temperatures, and that's uh, um, an easy way to put it, over the last few days. And it's going to come out of freezing, and so the next couple of days is going to be pretty tough around here. So go with our home team at Farm Bureau. Check them out at favorites.com. Also, Sunday Coffee, always brought to you by our friends at Strange Brew Coffee House. Strange Brew with three locations, two here in Starville, Churn and Spoon Ice Cream as well. Spring Street, that's the original location on Highway 12, then University, and then Brupolo up in Tupelo as well. And so, hey, let me tell you this. We talked about it going into Christmas, but coming out of Christmas, there's probably somebody you forgot about. You got around the family and you realize. I didn't get Aunt Kathy something, but I need to get her something in a hurry. Go to strangebrewcoffeehouse.com and send Aunt Kathy that Strange Brew mug or some Strange Brew coffee. That will make her love you for the rest of the year. All right, Charlie, bowl game. We take on the Fighting Illini of Illinois. And we talk about all the topsy-turvy that we have going on with our staff right now. 
Man, at, at Illinois, they lost their defensive coordinator. They lost their linebacker coach. They lost their running back coach. All those guys are going to Purdue. It ain't just the you know, the warms and fuzzies up in Champaign right now. Well, beyond coaching staff, you know, Chase Brown, the running back, who went over 1,600 yards, he's opted out. Top two defensive backs, Witherspoon and Brown, they've opted out. And that's a good thing because this Illinois defense has been stout this year. You know, it really has. And you start looking at their season. You know, they had that big three-game losing streak, you know, late in the year against Michigan State, Purdue, then Michigan. But, but they were right there. My goodness. What's their worst loss all year? Eight points? Eight points. And Should that have was, beat Michigan. That was Michigan State. They lost 23-15 to 15 against Michigan State. They lost by seven against Purdue. They lost by two against Michigan. Early in the year, they lost by three at Indiana. Here's the thing. That defense has been really good. And I started looking through here about, you know, what teams that they have played that really throw the football well. And there ain't many. I mean, there's one of the things. No, nobody's thrown it well against them, that's for sure. No, they haven't. Uh, but you but you look at, uh, at how you are defensively, and their numbers may be a little bit staggered simply because – when you're playing Wisconsin, who doesn't throw it a whole lot, Iowa, who doesn't throw it? Iowa, man. <laughs> they beat Iowa 9-6. to six. Indiana had Connor Basilak early in the year, and Indiana beat them 23-20, to 20, but nobody really throws the ball that much uh, effectively, as much as we're going to throw it in the bowl game. And so, yeah, but their defense, man, their the, numbers are crazy. Yeah, the most anybody threw it against them all year was Indiana. They threw 52 passes. Completed only 28, but completed for 330 yards. That was the that was back that loss early in the season. But since then, nobody else. I mean, you've got a lot of games where people hadn't even attempted 20 passes against them. Minnesota, for example, how about these passing numbers? Six of 18, three interceptions. <laughs> that sounds like you throw me out there. Then come back next week, Nebraska, 11 of 24, three interceptions. So. As you say, Michigan State threw it 37 times. But other than that, nobody really just putting it in the air a ton against them. You know, Tommy DeVito is their quarterback. He came from Syracuse. He was a transfer guy. They're trying to figure out if he's going to have another year of eligibility. They don't know. You know, they're only going to have, if they don't get him back, only one quarterback that has eligibility next year. They're trying to get the – they've got a couple guys that have come in the last couple weeks quarterback-wise. Of course, this doesn't affect us. Uh, Texas transfer Houston Card, Luke Altmeyer has been up there as well, and but this, uh, you know, this is a, a Devito guy who passed for you know twenty four hundred yards, fifteen touchdowns, four interceptions. You don't want to use the term game manager because he's a little bit better than game manager. He just doesn't make a whole lot of mistakes at all. Only four interceptions all season. Well, the question now though is, is he going to have to do something without Brown back there? Next closest guy on the team, Brown, you know, had a ton of carries. 360, something like that. Meanwhile, next closest guy has 60 on the year. And so they haven't had a real strong number two guy. And so now the question becomes, what does that do to DeVito? What does he have to do? Well, the thing about Illinois is, you know, with Brett Bielema being their coach, they're going to be well coached up front on the offensive line. He's going to have a good offensive line. And I think they're going to run the ball. They're going to try to run the ball between the tackles. But, Charlie, you look back to the last game we played and you look at the guys that we got coming back next year, you would have to say one of the strengths of this team next year and during the bowl game will have to be our defensive line and our linebackers. No, that's absolutely true. So, 
Anyway, we're going to have our tracks plus deep dig. Are we? When will we do that? Are you going to Tampa? I am going to Tampa. When are you getting to Tampa? Tomorrow. What? Yeah, going tomorrow. Okay, so Saturday is the day before the game. So I'm guessing we'll get together on Saturday. Or do you have some kind of – are you going to be parasailing on Saturday? No, wait. Sunday's the day before the game. Yes. Saturday's the day before the day before. Oh, yeah. I'm getting into town on Saturday. Sunday, are you going to be parasailing, laying out by the pool? you have time to, to fit us in for I a Tracks Plus? I think we could probably get something done on Monday. Sunday, rather. Okay. So we'll do a Tracks Plus deep dig on Sunday. Tracks Plus – I guess we can talk about Tracks Plus right now. we got the five locations now. Chris Weems in the group. Man, just a great group of guys at Tracks Plus. Hickory, Starkville, Columbus, Summit, Mississippi, Alexandria, Louisiana, and now Bessemer, Alabama. The Saney Excavators and Mini Excavators. If you want a Massey Ferguson tractor or some implements of Massey Ferguson, Denny Seamoff, Malting Heads, Barco for the Foresters. Go by and see our friends at Trax Plus. Go to TraxPlus.com, and we'll have our Trax Plus deep dig for the ReliaQuest Bowl this coming Sunday, and so we'll have all that for you. All right, basketball-wise, we uh, last time we played basketball, lost on the road in Nebraska as we took on Drake. You kind of felt like it was coming. I mean, this, was, this is not a team that was going to go undefeated all season long. To me, Charlie, this was a team – that has defended well in non-conference play, and sometimes defending, 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 it just takes – I think this team just needed a, about a five- or six-day break is what it needed. I thought this team looked tired, honestly. And I guess that's to be expected a little bit because you're taking a, a group of guys, quite honestly, who have not had to play with this level of not just physical effort but mental effort, and they've defended really, really hard all season – and I kind of wonder to what degree that has a toll on you on the offensive end. But I thought this team needed a break. I thought it was, look, if you'd have told me coming in that we were going to have one loss coming out of the pre-league schedule, I'd have taken that, taken it in a heartbeat. And so now what you've got to do is figure out a way to go play well in league play. Somebody's going to have to step up as a shooter right now. I think Deshaun Davis can do that. I think Keyshawn Murphy can do that. Murphy is a really talented guy. I think you talk about who is the guy on this team. Keep in mind, we only have one player averaging in double figures right now. Who are the other guys who can get there? Points per minute, Murphy's right up there on this basketball team. I think as he learns the system, I think Murphy has a chance to really develop and be a big player. And we know Davis can do it. We know he can do it. He's been battling some injuries. Maybe the time off got him healthy too. Yeah, maybe so. All right, so Wednesday night, 8 o'clock, State in Alabama. And anticipating a really good crowd, need a big crowd there for that game. I'm really looking forward to seeing this Alabama offense against our defense. Alabama's probably one of the best teams in the league offensively. We're probably one of the best teams in the country defensively. And so that, that should be a great matchup on Wednesday night at 8 o'clock. Man, I, w- I want to see the hump jumping again, to be honest with you. You know, it's not an easy start for us. No. You get Alabama, then you get Tennessee up in Knoxville on the third, and then that January 7 game. You know, the students aren't back for that. That's crazy, isn't it? And you just got to hope they're going to get back. And and here's my hope in that. Here's my belief as to why students will be back for that game. They're tired of being home by then. <laughs> I mean, they had enough. You know, think back to when you were a kid, right? 
You love to get home, and after about an hour, kind of all good. Well, especially if you're a college freshman. You know, you've had about four or five months there where you're kind of running the show. You're out till midnight if you want to be. I'm making my own decisions. You're going to cook out at 2 a.m., and nobody can stop you. Nobody cares. And then you go home, and then Dad's sitting there going, hey, where are you going? At 9 o'clock, hey, where are you going? You need to be back. Be careful. It's cold outside. Make sure you don't drive too fast. Call me if you need me. Life 360 gets turned on again. Oh, yeah. And then all of a sudden, hey, I'm going back to Startwell. Had so enough. I need you back on January the 7th, a 1 o'clock Saturday afternoon game against Ole Miss. Boy, they're in uh, – you know, we've talked before about playing uh, kind of the wounded dog. That uh, that lost North Alabama is pretty tough. Yeah, it was for them. And so they uh, – You they, wonder where they're going to be when they roll in here. But you wonder where we're going to be. That's right. Look, you've got Alabama and Tennessee – and I don't want to go out on a limb and suggest that our fan base could overreact to two losses to really good teams. People don't react anymore. That's going to be the change in 2023. People will not overreact as much. Well, it will be a Christmas miracle <laughs> if that were to happen. <laughs> All right, speaking, Bart, of Christmas miracles. All right. I challenged you. Yes, you did. About a week ago. And, you know, full disclosure here, I had a – Let's call it a, a pep talk with my cardiologist. I envision a Chris Jans film session after that Nickel State game. Yeah. You remember we had it 2.8 seconds. We inbound it. Throw it away. Throw it to them. They get a look from three that rattles. Cleaned out the iron. Oh, my gosh. Then the putback that uncontested <laughs> that could have tied it. I can only imagine what that film session was like the next day. Put that in your mind. Amp it up a level. So what and you're saying that was my discussion with my cardiologist. Okay, so what you're saying is is these guys that follow you around with cameras in today's world, he's saying, Hey, turn the camera off because yeah. I got <laughs> something I need to say this much. Yeah. Yeah. You ask the nurse, could you step out, please? Yes. Yeah. We're about to and so I had the little prayer meeting, pep talk with the cardiologist. So I'm inspired to get back in shape. And I challenged you. I accepted the and challenge. you accepted the challenge. And you haven't backed down. No, Even I today, you're not backing down. I'm not at all. Today yeah. is day one. Today, what is it? Today is day one. We agreed last week. So today is the weigh-in day? Today is the weigh-in day. I have not weighed in yet. And so I'll weigh in later tonight. I want to have my last meal. I want to have that one last meal. That's not a guy that's wanting to change his ways. Is I it? just don't think it would be fair for you to eat the meal, then weigh in. Well... It kind of got me thinking, too, to be honest with you. As I was driving back last night in the darkened hours of Birmingham, somewhere down around Greene County, Alabama, where they used to have a dog track, by the way. In Utah. In Utah, Alabama. So I turned through Utah come back home. And I was trying to think about what's what do I want to eat? Do I want to eat pasta? Because I'm trying to think of things I know I'm not going to eat because, hey, I'm going hardcore and still. So the next three and a half months, I'm going hardcore. I'm trying to think what's, you know, what will be my last meal? Will it be? And then all of a sudden, it's almost like you lay down at night, and then you start your mind starts racing a thousand things. And by the time I got to Gainesville, Alabama, I was sitting there going, you know, if I was on death row, what would be my last meal? And I was just, <laughs> it kind of morphed from all of that. And so I went from you know from Bernie Inns, from Oklahoma Joe's in Kansas City to Pollo Fundido. At, El Rodeo in Louisville. I mean, I went from a lot of different things. Giordano's pizza. So I'm just trying to figure out what I'm going to eat tonight 
before I weigh in. All right. Well, sorry for all that. I have weighed in. I am ready to go. I will lose, and I'm not even saying I hope to. I'm I'm calling my shot. I am Joe Namath sitting by the pool. You know when Namath, the old Super Bowl scene, yeah, they're like what, sixteen point underdogs or some such, and he says we'll win. I guarantee it. I'm calling my shot. I will lose forty pounds. So forty is your number. Forty is my number. Well, yeah, that's that's. Well, I was going to go with thirty nine. I'm going to lose forty. Now it's not all I'm going to lose. What I'm saying is that's what I'm losing by April fifteenth. By April fifteenth. Okay, so I was going to go with thirty nine. That's it, my. But I will go with forty just to match you. And so here's what else I would like to do. Okay. The first or the ten people who beat us by the most, if they join in, I got a twenty five dollar gift card for them to Strange Brew. People that beat us by the most. $25 gift card from Strange Brew. Now, I guess I'm going to take the uh, – I'm going to sit in your seat right here. Okay. We are not healthcare professionals, so need to talk to your doctor. Make sure your heart is healthy enough Make sure for weight loss. Before you go to weight loss because we are not healthcare professionals. But my intent is to lose 40 pounds. Now, so what do I get if I – what do I not get if I don't get to 40? I need somehow, some way to say – all right, there's no way I can't lose. So I was thinking about this, and I've, I've been struggling with it. Um, now, I did send you a text, and I know it's a little bit over the top here. Yeah, and I just couldn't I couldn't sign on to this. Because I said – Because I have that little confidence in you. Well, I was going to put a lot of asterisks in here, okay? I was going to say if I didn't – if I did not lose 40 pounds, then it was going to be something that I would never, ever do. And I'm going to work my tail off to not do it. And I said, well, what I'll do is I'll just give $1,000 to Old Miss Athletics because I know I will never do that. Then I got to think, well, what if I turn my ankle the first week? And so that was going to be the thing, barring injury. Oh, that, that, that's, a, that's a pretty big uh, – But, no, I'm not, I'm not going to do that. I think that's a little bit – that, that's, you know, that's making too much light of the rivalry. We're trying to, trying to turn over a new leaf here. So I was thinking, like, for every pound you come up short, you have to wear a suit and tie to work. Because that would be a, a pretty big pretty big change of lifestyle for you. It would be a very big change of lifestyle. You know, my son is in a fantasy football league, and they have one of the best things I've heard. They've gone through different things that you have to do if you lose. One year, the loser was going to have to walk on the football team or try out <laughs> to walk on. This year, the loser has to get a spray tan. Oh, wow. I will not participate in that, by the way. Well. So, we'll, I think we can leave that open for some – Crowd input. You know, you and I both listen to uh, the station out of Dallas, the ticket. Yes. Which is absolutely fantastic. And they do the picks with friends is what they do. And the loser has to do something every year. A couple of years ago, one of the guys had to read Fifty Shades of Grey online. <laughs> all day. All day. On the, and they would flip it to him every now and then. And he was reading Fifty Shades of Grey over this the This year, like, what's a bus ride from Phoenix back to Dallas? Oh. Uh, Greyhound. So, I get, yeah, the 50, the 50 days of the suit – or not 50 days, the number of pounds that I'm short of my 40, that's the number. Is that like calendar year I have to wear a suit? Is like 20 times if I only lose 20 pounds? No, no, no. It'd be consecutive days. Oh, okay. Like beginning on April 17, that Monday. So I would have to wear a suit. So if you came up 10 pounds short, you'd have 10 days of wearing a suit to work. Can I wear the same suit in back-to-back days? Absolutely. Okay. Then well, You might want to change the tie-up or something. All right. Let's let's put that in the back burner. That's a chance for that to happen, unless hey, unless our listeners can come up with something better. How's that? 
So yeah, I'm scared of what between that could be. between now and we haven't got to say it. We ain't got to mention every one of them. So between now and the tracks plus deep dig on Saturday, no Sunday. When's the game? The game's on Monday. Between, this has had you thrown off completely. Played on Monday, man. I could never be an NFL guy when you play a game on Monday. Between now and Sunday, Sunday tracks plus deep dig. Well, bring your new Hocus from Fleet Feet. I've got them because you're going to need them. No, I'm not going. I'm not. Well, I may walk a lot in Tampa. I'm not a jogger, man. What about this? For every pound you come up short, you have to commit to running in a race. <laughs> so you could have like an ultra marathon. <laughs> You gain 10 pounds, you'll be doing like 50 miles. Yeah, I'll be doing 17 5Ks. So, <laughs> um, so yeah, that's the thought. So, yeah, come up with something before now and Sunday that uh, – and this is just between Charlie and I, that uh, something if we fall short of our 40 pounds, April the 15th is the day that we're uh, that we're going to weigh in on our final weigh-in. All right, well, I'm about to go eat some grapes. Grapes? Man, I'm going to Two Brothers <laughs> right now. <laughs> no, they're not open on Monday. I don't think anybody's open today. It's been a dark day in downtown Starville. Most reasonable people are at home. They are. Hey, thanks to our good friends at Farm Bureau. Go with the home team at Farm Bureau. Check them out at favorites.com. Once again, our good friends at Trax Plus. Trax Plus with five locations now. Three in the state of Mississippi in Starville, Hickory, and Summit. Alexandria, Louisiana, Bessemer, Alabama. Our good friends at Cannon Ford of Starville. Cannon Ford couple days left if you want to buy a vehicle to hold off for, uh, for your tax purposes or whatever. Got a week to go here at the end of the year. Go to Cannon Ford of Startwell spraying bed liners. If you want to go to the service center, if you want to go to the body shop, they do it all right. And great customer service. Our good friends at Cannon Ford. Country Pleasing Sausage, that was a staple at my house. Santa got the cookies. I got the Country Pleasing. That's what I got yesterday morning. And our good friends at Bank First. Go to bankfirstfs.com for all your lending needs. Charlie, you got anything else for the good of the cause? No, I think we'll uh, see you down in Tampa. All right. Weigh in for me later tonight. See you guys when we get to Tampa.